Ebenezer Scrooge, awake! I am the ghost of the Mercedes-Benz winter event. Your time is running out. Come, I must show you the sleek CLA. Nice, said Scrooge. But I am kind of a Scrooge. No worries. The CLA offers true Mercedes performance at a surprising price. Or check out the GLC, an SUV with the full complement of technology and performance. Give your year the happy ending it deserves at the Mercedes-Benz winter event. Now at your Mercedes-Benz dealer. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Blog Talk Radio. podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, hello, 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 hello. Well, let's see. Now, technically, this is a pre-record, and we're going to be doing this. This will be airing on January 4th of 2019. Yes, so we're starting out a new year well in advance in reality of the actual time. Because today is December 17th of 2018. (laughs) So, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and all that jazz. And all that jazz. Solstice and journal. Solstice and stuff because we're going to be well past it by the time yeah. you hear this. And it's called Timeless. Timeless. And it's about a time-traveling machine situation. And it had it, it got kind of... Mm, with bad guys being, you know, the ones that wanted to take it over, so they kept going into the past to try and change the events to make it so they could then be the ones that were, you know, the, the uh, take-on-over people. Yeah. But, um, so we're, I mean, I'm excited to watch the finale because I want to see how they actually tie this whole thing up. Yeah. And then they have Time Travelers, which is another TV show. So I feel like we're right in sync with all these. Huh. Time traveling is so popular. Right? Yes, I know. Hmm. I was trying to figure out how I could do that so we could make more, we could go back and do something more and then come back and then do something more. And that way you you get everything finished by the time you're yeah. present. 
But so yeah, it was a lie. <laughs> Anyhow, and who and what? Yeah. Um, so we're sitting here in this beautiful house, all decorated with Christmas tree and lights and everything, okay. and trying to have our festivities focused. Mm-hmm. So, what has happened with you in this last week that we will share? Well, um, this is this is a very busy week in my life, and I am already very tired. So my energy is a little lagging. <laughs> Um, last okay. night, I organized a big winter solstice ritual locally, and this happened last night, uh, and we had just shy of 300 people. Wow. It was lovely and wonderful, and everything was amazing and beautiful, and so many people helped to clean up, which is always the scary part, you know. Yeah. You have to be out by this time. Right. But, you know, <laughs> a lot of people helped to clean up. So it was a long day and a late night, and then today was a long day, and... Tomorrow's an even longer day, uh-huh. and then and there, it's just one long day after another until December twenty fourth. Yeah, till Christmas Day. So and then I have a couple of days off. So that's nice. But I'm just kind of looking like, okay, I gotta, I gotta gird my loins. <laughs> I love that saying. <laughs> no, it's kind of gird your loins. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta dig deep to get through it because I'm a little bit. Um, a little bit worn already, and there's too much to do to be worn already. I get that one, believe me. It's funny because, with you know, what you're doing is something I used to be very familiar with when I had a store, and I yeah. didn't necessarily do the rituals, and I didn't have all those things that you've externalized in the other parts of your life. But I remember it not necessarily being a time that I felt I was really having a holiday for yeah. myself. Right. Because it was always the holiday for the store and the people. Yeah. And that kind of was a nice thing. I loved it. But it felt like by the time I got home, it's like, whoopee, hello. <laughs> oh, a tree? Yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had to... Um, we didn't have to. We got home, and Gwen was like, let's wrap some of the presents we bought, because we bought, like, five presents, you know, because my family gets shopped for it very last minute. Like, right. Thursday, I think I have to do all of my personal Christmas shopping and Yule shopping, but so we wrapped, like, the five presents we had. But while we're sitting there at the kitchen table and he's wrapping things, I was like, I still have solstice ritual stuff to figure out. So I have my computer out, and I'm <laughs> typing things, and I'm printing things, and I'm doing math. And I'm trying to get things organized, and I had, like, boxes of stuff to take because we had cedar and tablecloths and right. altar supplies and tea lights and, all you know, all the things. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it definitely, if it went off as I would assume it would do, yes. it went off beautifully. Yes, it was lovely and wonderful and um yeah, it was lovely and wonderful. So all that's nice, but I am totally dragon ass, and I have to, I have several long days ahead, so I have to figure out when I'm going to, like, try to get a nap in or something. <laughs> it won't be tomorrow, that's for sure. i got to get up early tomorrow, take the kid to school, go out to Lucky Mojo, because the shop needs some supplies. Oh, my. Get to Lucky Mojo right when they open, buy my stuff. And then I got to go and open my store because we have extended hours as right. for holiday shoppers. Right. And I am on the floor from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. by myself tomorrow. Oh, gosh. So it's going to be a long day. Yes. Yes. 
intravenous coffee of some yeah. sort, you know. Definitely be locking the door, like, be back in 10 minutes, and I'm going to go and get coffee and yeah. do that kind yeah. of thing. No, it, it, I understand that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I used to, I mean, you have, and the interesting thing that what you are doing now is what I did yeah. because I didn't have employees. Right. So if I had to go to the bathroom, I basically shut the door, yep. locked it, sit back in five yep. and did it. Oh, I've done that yeah. a couple times. Yeah. So I kind of look at this and I go, yeah, yeah, I remember those days. Yeah. You know, Doug. Yeah. I mean, but, really, like I was, we, we just hired a new person as well. Yes, I met her. She's a wonderful young lady. Lovely person. And, and I said to them, I was like, this is not the best time to start. <laughs> because on one hand... It's very busy, so you're kind of getting thrown into the deep end. Right. On the other hand, if you really like the busy, come two weeks from now, it's not going to be like this. Right. It could be very boring. Yes. <laughs> so it's not a good, like, it's not a good way to get familiar with how things work. Right. But I think, right. I think they'll be okay. They're so excited to be a part of the team and right. excited to work there, and they're so super young and cute. I know. So, And I'm, I'm potentially looking for another person because I'm losing an employee. Oh, really? Yeah, one of our people, I'll tell you who it is off the air just yeah. to keep them, their, pri- their privacy. Yeah, one of our employees is moving. Oh, my goodness. Pretty far away, so it's exciting for them and sad for me. Right, right. So, you know, life, you know, is a shift. Yeah. It's a shift. I know this is this is one of those where, you know, it's, it's if there wasn't change and transition at yes. this time, I wouldn't know what the hell Absolutely. to do. Oh, and last week, yes. I had, the fir- for the first time in my 40 years, I had a flight canceled. I heard that when you told me that. I've never had that happen in my life. I've had flights delayed. Yep. I've had flights rescheduled. But I, I was supposed to go visit my friend who just had a baby. It was a last-minute trip. I was going to be gone literally three days. Mm-hmm. Travel day, visit day, travel day. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to the East Coast from the West Coast. It takes all fucking day. So I'm in the shower. I have to leave at 7 o'clock in the morning to get to the airport because it's an hour and a bit for us mm-hmm. to get to an airport. Mm-hmm. I'm in the shower. I get out of the shower, and my cell phone has a message, your flight's been canceled. And I was like, what? (laughs) So I had a layover in Los Angeles and then a direct flight from L.A. to Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So they're like, reschedule your flight. Click this link. So I click the link. And it gives me six flights that I could switch to that all left before 7 a.m., there's no. I, I it would have been no way. And some of them had already taken off. I was like, why are you giving me these options I couldn't possibly be on? Right. The other two options that they gave me were for the next day. Which was out of the question. Right, because I literally had three days. I couldn't be gone any longer. Oh, my so, goodness. Well, there's no reason for me to fly there to spend the night to fly home mm-hmm. the next day. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. So I canceled the flight, and I'm gonna, I'll reschedule it for some time in the new year. But I'm so bummed. I wanted to see the baby. Mm-hmm. And my friend is so sad. Mm-hmm. Never had that happen to me wow. before. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I know you travel a lot. So yeah. in, in, a, in a life that has that much... Travel. I know, right? So, and I mean, I guess I'm pretty lucky. And it's not even Mercury freaking retrograde. I know that. So. Hey, you know, I have had layovers. I've had to have them reschedule it, so mm-hmm. I spent the night in a hotel. Sure. I've had that, yeah. and I've had delays, yeah. you know, and then obviously rescheduled to another, you know, time. But, <clears throat> no, I, I know the feeling. And, like, and we fly to L.A. from Southwest flies from San Francisco to L.A. like every five minutes. Oh, right. Get me on another flight? Apparently not. No. Well, I mean, it was for a reason. 
And I and Guion, my partner, was like, on Wednesday, do nothing. I'm going to cover your shift in the shop. Just read your book and relax. And I was like, okay, let's try this out. Did I do that? No. No. Because no. I, I have a second book contract with Llewellyn, uh-huh. and I tried sitting on the couch and just relaxing. And after like a half an hour, I was like, I need to work. I can't just sit here. I'm going crazy just sitting. <laughs> so I started writing my book, which is good. But it also meant you didn't. I didn't relax. Anyway, I've babbled on for like 10 minutes. How are you, Elvira? (laughs) Whoa, baby. (laughs) Well, let's see. How am I? I am doing better than I have done in the last few weeks. I got my, you know, it was a real battle after my, you know, to get to my birthday, Mm -hmm. which was last Wednesday. Happy birthday. Thank you. It was very difficult, energy tired, all the things, stuff had to be done. I was just kind of trying to get ahead. Yeah. And then I was trying to get enthusiastic with decorating, which somehow didn't work. And it has nothing to do with I am leaving at on Thursday. It had to do with I just didn't have the holiday spirit. Right. I got the outside done, and I kind of looked at everything, and I went, yeah. But there was somewhere along there that I finally, on Thursday morning, just pushed through it. You're leaving this Thursday? This coming Thursday, yep. In the meantime, obviously, my world is such that there are all these things that have to get done. Um, The animals had to be taken care of, so I had to get the person who's doing the second half of the day, walking them, et cetera, up to speed, which luckily he's a a friend of mine uh, in the park here. He's got, you know, his wife and I have been longtime friends, and he actually walked my other dogs that passed away, but he knows them. Yeah. So he knows the breed, and we're okay, and I felt better, and everything seemed fine, and then I got all the packing, all the the wrapping done for the packages here, because everything that I have to go back there is already there, yeah. which I felt really good about until I talked to my daughter. And then I found out there's some major drama going on oh. around the stepkids. Oh. And to suffice it to say, without airing everybody's laundry, um, there is a mother of stepchildren, ex-wife who is really got some issues and has been very difficult. And my daughter stepped in to become a step-parent to these kids and has done a beautiful job. Yeah. But unfortunately, shit has been stirred up. Yeah, it's, and it's rough. It's rough, and, and there's some stuff going on that – and here's why I have an issue with Facebook in its, in its true entirety is that you can vent on Facebook. Yeah. It's not the best forum, though, yeah. to vent a lot of this stuff and yeah. have these, yeah. you know – back and forth with some of the other people that are involved and mm-hmm. I just I read it and called my daughter yesterday and, and chatted with her and you know just social kind of, media is very tricky it is a very tricky but I can see that my daughter's Christmas is real bummed because oh. she's she's like me she I raised her with all these wonderful Christmas things and stuff and we love to decorate and all the old movies she says yeah mom I've watched every old movie that I can find because I gave her a ton of the Christmas movies we used to watch as, you know, when she was growing up. And she says, I've gone through, the, and she named them, you know, and I'm like, holy moly. Because <laughs> she's trying to, to, to immerse herself in that feeling of finding it. And I said, I get it. So I said, you know, and she hadn't gotten her tree up and everything. So I said, well, let me put it to you this way. I get there. I will help you do whatever is necessary to get that holiday you know, because I'll be there several days before yeah. Good. the thing. So she's kind of like, 
Oh, okay. She's going to rally the troops. She's rally the troops. So, and then, of course, when my granddaughter heard that I was coming, you know, she, we were talking, she says, well, Nona, Nona coming, Nona coming. And I I said, yes, I'm coming. I can't wait. I'll be there in a few days. Tea party, tea party, because that was what I set up in the summertime. We would do tea parties and, and all that. So... That kind of gave us both a big smile. Yeah, that's adorable. And we really felt felt for you know felt better about it. But it's it's still it's like the little pieces. It's like making sure everything is in place before I go. Um, my car is going to go in to get mechanicked, so you know it's a good time because I won't need it. Yeah. And it's something that will take a few days, and I'm like, good. Well, okay, that'll get you know. But I think it's just so many to do things, and they're it puts a damper on trying to get ahead to where you're going. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, I keep thinking, well, I'll be able to, you know, do this when I get there. And I have a feeling that with what's going on, it's lucky that they don't, how do I want to put this? It's lucky they don't, they, they don't know what I am and who I am. Number one, being a witch. And it's lucky that I don't practice destructive magic because <laughs> I think I would probably do something pretty intense yeah. just because they're also attacking her. I think we should do a show on cursing, actually. I'm glad that came up because uh, that flashed into my head earlier today when I was thinking about topics for yeah. next year. Yeah. So let's put that on the back burner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of interesting because there are certain things you know, there's certain ways to do things that I feel you can you can acquire energy and what you're trying to to do, but without so much of the hostility. And I actually told her, I said, stop engaging. Yeah. You know, they'll throw volleys at you just to get you to respond verbally, yeah. to lose your cool, yeah. and then they use that whole process. I said, stop. Yeah. So anyway, that's been my my week, week and a half. Um, you know, it's kind of like, okay, I'm ready. I think maybe not, but I'm sure I'll get there once. What have I forgotten? What have I forgotten? Oh, heavens. That's, <laughs> and that was, and just a side note to say forgotten, I actually called Phoenix saying, did you see or find a tarot card? And I even told her what one because I went through my deck and I was missing one, and that was the one. And sure enough, it turned out that it did come home. Yeah. But Yay. in the meantime, I actually ordered online another deck to be sent to where I'm going so that I have one deck. And it'll stay there. But yeah. I was laughing, going, and that one really is, you know, it's like, oh. Yeah, it is funny. Once I, uh, I taught a workshop and we used our tarot cards. Um, to make like an altar together, and I use the card that I the deck I usually read with, mm-hmm. which I typically wouldn't do, but I did. Mm-hmm. And I left one of my cards behind, and my and it was in Portland, so not where I live. And it was like a month later that my co-facilitator was like, "Hey, you left one of your tarot cards here. I'm going to mail it to you." And I was like. I've been reading a non-complete deck for my clients for a month, and it was the Ace of Cups. Oh, my god! I was missing. Oh, I was like, what does this mean? I was like, I just, 
flip. for weeks. I yeah. was having to like reevaluate and what does it mean? And when a card's not even in the deck, blah blah blah. And I felt guilty. Ugh, I know. Try, yeah, that's pretty much how I was responding to this and trying to keep a, a grip so we didn't lose focus. And yeah. and and I'm like, okay, well. Whatever this is, yeah. that is not of a value. It means <clears throat> that energy isn't part of what you're reading about. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. But anyway, speaking of reading and decks and everything, we need to talk about our subject. Our subject, the Kaliak. Kaliak. Or, or it turned out so many different ways. Uh, they said Kolak. Kalak, Kalix, Kaliak. I've heard it pronounced Kaleach. Although I, I really don't think Kay Leach is right. I don't think so. That, but that's, Kaliak. Kaliak. Is yeah. best as we're butchering it, it'll be the best we'll yeah. get with. And I apologize to people who actually can speak any form of Gaelic or Manx and are like, oh, that's so terrible. <laughs> I'm sure it is. And I, I was talking to Guion about this last night. That's like the third time Guion's come up already on the show today. So Guion, my partner, is from the U.K. He's uh-huh. a British citizen. And he has a different experience and relationship with some of the of the Celtic entities, energies, gods, mm-hmm. whatever, because mm-hmm. he's from that land. And sometimes things come up, and he's like, "Yeah, obviously," or like, "No, you weird American," you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he wasn't able to answer this question, so we'll see what people think. He's from London, so he's very much a Brit. He's right. British. He's English. Yes. It's English. But the Kaliak is Scottish, Manx, and Irish. Right. Right? So if you look at the little set of islands, Manx is right in between Ireland and the, the, the UK, big, mm-hmm. big, big UK. Like the island of Ireland. I'm not going to get into all the norths and souths and stuff, but the island of Ireland, Manx, and then the UK and Scotland. And I was like... There's a lot of things that refer to Scotch-Irish. Right. There's a lot of things that lump them together. But they're not on an island together. No. The Brits and the Scots are on, on an island together. Right. So why is it Scotch-Irish? And the Kaliach is Scotch-Irish. Yes. Like, there are myths of her in Scotland, and there are myths of her in Ireland. But right. there really isn't a lot of her in the U.K. Right. He couldn't answer the question for me. Well, interesting that you should say this and question this, because... Since my clan from Scotland uh, is Monroe, Monroe, is that it was founded by a Irish prince. Mm. So they had a tendency to migrate to that section. And probably the reason why you have more of the connection with the Kaliak on Scotland and Ireland and Minx is that they're all up at that upper section and they were more like hanging out together. Whereas at a certain point, there was a barrier. There right. was the, the Wall of Hadrian. There was, well, and what I said to Grand was, is it just because they all hate you? <laughs> is it because you're imperialists and bastards and British? Is that what it is? And of yeah. course he was like, stop being a jerk, Phoenix. Um, so I don't think that's the right answer. Right. But it could be part of it, right? Because then, then I went down this rabbit hole in my brain about all of this. And, you know, the, the the chunk of England, where like London and all of mm-hmm. these areas, mm-hmm. were more influenced 
by Rome. Right. We're more influenced by the Norman Conquest. Right. Right. So that it is, it does kind of make sense. Of course. Like that side of Britain is closer to France, for example, than Ireland. Right. Ireland is closer to Wales. Right. right. So, but it, you know, as an American who lives in California, yeah. you know, like how many times over could the British Isles fit in the state of California? No Two kidding. or three times yeah. at least, right? Yeah. So... I get that this is just some of me being a stupid Californian and, you know, but it's like, it's so tiny. How is there not more in common? Because of just that, I think it, and then you realize that with the Scotch, the Irish, they're up there with the Celts, the Celts being from the Scandinavian, you know, Eastern, was it, Northern European Mm -hmm. grouping. So I think that whole thing kind of sits up there. Yeah. You know, so with that, knowing that that was at least the best we could come up with a exploration of that, Mm. Um, and if any of you have any ideas, please send them to our um, email and our website. Go to witchpriestesscauldron.com and send me a note. Tell me your thoughts. Thoughts. So she is the crone. Yeah. But interesting enough, even though she is the crone, she has this other side, which we'll talk more about later. Um, and I think, and it's funny because I mentioned this to Phoenix and she kind of looked at me sideways, um, which is okay because I can see why one would look sideways, is that I found when I was doing a lot of my research, I found that they likened her to Kali. Right. And I think it's because she is called the Black Mother and so is Kali. She has a visage of a face with blue and, you know, the, the colored face with one eye in the center, which is kind of like the penetration concept. And Kali has three, you know. Yeah. So I think it may just be a similarity that people picked up on and chose to utilize somewhere in their researches. Sure. I wonder how much of that is modern Yes. Witchcraft or paganism, trying to, you know, fit pegs. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Because um, it's, for me at least, because I have a little bit of personal experience with the Kaliach, a little tiny bit. Um, and it's like a completely different concept than Kali, com- like for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your mileage may vary. You might be like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. But for me, I'm like, that does that makes, except for them sounding a little bit the same. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. Right. And, you know, she's, she's a destroyer goddess in, you know, many ways. Um, I found it, you know, increasingly interesting on the the visage of her. They had her as an old woman, a hag, a nun, the veiled one. And the reason why the veiled one was the the manifestation uh, as future and fate and death. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, you know, what was it, um, Ever veiled from the sight of man, no man knows the manner of his death. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought, wow, that's kind of you know, you know, the veil, yeah, and the process between that and the visage of the hag, right, old, right, and right. stuff, right. Most of uh, so a lot of what I knew of her before starting to do research for the show, I got from The Secret History of Witches, which is a book by Max Dashu. Mm-hmm. And I just want to name Max Dashu is problematic. We're not going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is Max Dashu is an excellent historian and has written a lot about how women have been erased from history and historical context. Mm-hmm. He's done a ton of research 
um, and their books are uh, really great information. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. with that in mind, um, a lot of what Max refers to are, you know, separating the Scottish version and the Irish version, Mm -hmm. giving a little bit more specific information on, you know, how that word breaks down in the different Gaelic languages, which is really fascinating. Right. Um, She also relates the Kaliak to Sheila and the Gig. Yes. Which is an interesting thing to me. Yes. Um, but for for me, ultimately, Kaliach, when I hear it, I think winter hag, yeah. winter crone, right. the old lady of winter, the one who is haggard and um, bony and, like, all of the things you would imagine. Like, if you pictured the hag and crone of winter, like, skinny and pokey out bones and white wisps of hair and just the the – especially think of, like, the – Highlands of Scotland or in the far north of Scotland where it's so freaking cold mm-hmm. and snowy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like this scary old woman that's out in the woods poking trees and having snow fall down. You know, right. like, that, right. that, that, that's what it brings up for me. Right. Word. And it is. It is um, It is a visage. It is yeah. her, it is her, her visible uh, experience of that, mm-hmm. you know, with her hair like all brushy and mm-hmm. and you know bushy and and her you know her the apron that she has on that she carries. I love this. She carries boulders in. She's super strong, so she may be a hag, but she she yeah. really gets into you know the southern creating part of the her landscape, stuff. creating the landscape. She's like a titan. Yes, she's not like. Hera or Aphrodite, right? No. And I always go back to the Greeks. I know because most of us know about the Greeks. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but she's like the she's like a titan. She is of the land. Yes. She is of the weather. Yes. She is of the season. She's not just fertility or death or whatever. She's bigger than that. She's a titan. Right. She's a right. giant. Right. And it's interesting because she has a farm that she owns and she hires the help but she the workers for six months but there's a stipulation they had to get paid they have to do they have to outwork her <laughs> and um, of luck. course that doesn't happen yeah. so they kind of work themselves to death and she gets the you know things and that same and this is the part that really kind of yeah it comes in other forms in other myths but the same process of that kind of strength mm-hmm. is also her sexual Mm-hmm. Strength. Mm-hmm. So she gets married and has a lot of guys, and she they kind of come and go because she out she out she outlasts outlasts them. them sexually, and yet she is also when you do that the renewal process she winds up becoming the maiden right or beautiful right. but it's always kissing the old hag is the thing that happens and then you you know becomes this beautiful maiden and then you get this incredible um, all these boons right. So that's part of her her mythology, and right. is similar to other ones. And maybe that's why a lot of the different information, because that's the other thing. She is so old; mm-hmm. they don't have myths or rituals that right. they can they can find or unearth in any way. Right. Although she, even with that, she's been referred to as one of the most tremendous figures in Gaelic myth. Yes. So it's even with little information, and you know, you mentioned the the maiden, and maybe I'm jumping ahead. No, go right ahead. We can. You know, I've around. worked with Bridget for probably two decades, mm-hmm. and never in working with Bridget did the Kaliak ever come up or ever get on my radar. Mm-hmm. But I start to research the Kaliak a couple of years ago, and there's all this myth about her and Bridget. 
Mm-hmm. But I didn't find any of that until I started with the Kalia. Right. You know, and the two of them are the two that hold the year. Bridget is the quote-unquote maiden, and right. Kaliak is the crone, and they share the year. Bridget, exactly. you know, the on, I think it's the equinoxes, the power trades. Mm-hmm. But there's all, what I love about it, because the, the, still in Ireland and Scotland, there are people who work, work with the Kaliak. Like, mm-hmm. this is a part of mythology that's never gone away. Right. Bridget, uh, Bridget became a saint. The Kaliak became weather patterns. Mm-hmm. So somewhere around the fall equinox, they start looking for certain weather patterns. Mm-hmm. When certain things happen, that is the herald of the Kaliak arriving and right. winter coming. Right. And then in the, conversely, in the spring equinox, they look for certain weather patterns that herald the mm-hmm. Kaliak going away mm-hmm. and Bridget Right, taking over. I just, I love that kind of stuff. I do, I do, and and they also they they bring in for the for the sake of the myth. It's always the battle. Right. No, there's the, there are several things. Either there's a battle or there's a actual ex, expression of trade. So it depends on where you're looking and what comes up. But it's always the 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 um, the young fair maiden kept away mm-hmm. and utilize then there's a battle for her to come forward when as we were you were just saying the weather patterns change and so thus her Kaliak's uh, power is lessening mm-hmm. so then right. there is that that you know in the storms you know she's part of the storms she's part of the winds you know she's very elemental yeah. and it was very I don't know, I, because I did go to Scotland and because I did go to the Moors and I was actually out there and the, the things, I, I was there during spring, so it was the transition time. Yeah. And it was interesting because it was, there's a feel. There's an, there is a distinct elemental feel. Yeah. More so than I feel, well, more so than I feel here in the United States or even in California. Mm-hmm. It's different. It is different. Yeah. But, um... And, you know, I'm sure with the Native American deities, if we, you know, were able to connect deeper with them for whatever our purposes were in terms of um, ancestors, that we would understand that that, too, is the case. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, um, there's a spirit of the land here, but it's not as obvious. And you have to find a personal relationship with it because our cultural relationship is squashed. Yeah, yeah. truly. Yeah. So, but I, you know, this is, she is, the Kaliak is just amazing. Yeah. And Well, you know, I like the old cranky goddesses. Well, right? so do I. I mean, Hakate is my, yeah, <laughs> right, hang out there. Here's his Baba Yaga. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it kind of works as that. And she is one, uh, interesting is that she is also deals with spinning. Right. And she would, you, you, you never move a spinning wheel out of the house at night after dark, and you never spin after dark because she will challenge you. She will, she will come and challenge you, and again, the same concept of challenging you, she will then criticize and, and you know, the, the dynamic of yeah. the, the uh, you are a peon, you don't know, yeah. and you are, yeah, but it was it was one of those that I, I picked up in terms of some of the, the little myths and lores right. of that, and I thought, well, okay, so I'm never going to spin after dark. <laughs> I had a spinning wheel for a little while that I had borrowed from someone that when I was trying to learn to spin, 
It's really hard. Yes, it is. And the only times I ever spun was at night because that was the only time I had a corporate banking job at right. that point in my life. I'm not good at it. Mm. <laughs> well, and that's it. it it's 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 really it's very very difficult, and obviously it's not just like the manual labor. Yeah. But it is something so there's that there's a skill. There's a real skill. Yeah. But I found a little quote of what she looks like from Mackenzie, which I've been trying to like find. Okay, in my notes here, where who is Mackenzie? I don't know, but he is some or they. I'm assuming it's he is someone who did Irish um, um, study. Mm-hmm. So anyway, her face was blue black, the luster of coal, and her bone tufted was like red rust, and her head was one pool like eye, swifter than a star in a winter sky. Mhm. Creepy. Yes, I know. <laughs> kind of a cyclops. Yeah. Without being. Yeah, and there, there yeah. are, and this is the Scottish version, right? And there are these stories as well of um, something in the early spring. Is it the early spring? Now I'm trying to find it in my note. Oh yeah, in the early, she ushers in ushers in winter mm-hmm. by washing her big plaid in a whirlpool. Right. So mm-hmm. before the washing, the roar of a coming, a coming tempest is heard by the people on the coast for a distance wow. of 20 miles. And for a period of three days, the cauldron boils. When the washing is over, the plaid of old Scotland is virgin white. And this is also from Mackenzie. That was a quote. Wow. So there must be some um, uh, weather-related thing, mm-hmm. some storm pattern mm-hmm. that makes some sort of gushing, rushing, rushing sound that right. she heard along the coastline. Right. And that is the, the Kaliak washing her plaid. Isn't that interesting? I mean, we create, I mean, humans create things yes. to, to explain things. Sure. Whether, you know, it's... We're storytellers. We're storytellers. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's it's uh, about the different things that this particular deity does, but it's also, you know... Dropping rock, the boulders, and making mountain ranges, and then when she got tired, clawing out um, seats where she could sit, right. and that explains some of the things that look like giant seats right. in the boulders. Right, right. You know, it's like the old tall tale of Paul Bunyan yes. and the Grand Canyon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So she is very much part of the 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 land, and yes. you know what happens there, and the the. Irish version, they have a, I think, and that's, I think, where the the one about the four brothers that came to um, the well that wanted water, and she was there as the hag, and that she, they said, you know, she wouldn't give it to them unless they gave her a kiss, and they said no and turned and left. The fifth brother came, and he did, and she turned into the maiden, Mm -hmm. and out of that, he became... Because these were the four brothers were part of the four provinces yeah. of Ireland. And then the fifth brother became the high king, yeah. and it became part of the mythical Tara. Right. And they explain that by using her as part of that. Right. She is the land, and you must marry the land. You right. must be part of that and interaction. And where Bridget has yes. a seat. Yes. Uh, and the standing stones are all over the place. Oh yeah, in Scotland and Ireland, and that they are often considered 
uh, gateways of the Kaliak or her residing places or her, you know, like you were saying, she throws stones out of her pockets or right. whatever. Right, It's not like a pebble. It's like these huge, huge stones. Um, and there are all kinds of stories about people moving the stones or doing something with the stones or whatever and having all kinds of chaos ensue <laughs> yes. because they've messed with the Kaliak right. space. Right, And still... Still, I wish I could remember what it's called. I'm going to try to look it up. It's a, it's not about the Kaliak, but it is about the Fae in mm-hmm. Ireland. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a, a Irish storyteller, and he wrote, uh, he tells all these stories about um, the interactions with the fairy mm-hmm. and how dangerous it is. And, mm-hmm. and this woman wrote down some of his stories. They work together. Oh, wow. I don't know that I'm going to be able to find it. I have the book. I used it as a, um, uh, I used it as help for the book I just wrote. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be able to remember what it's called. But it's really good. <laughs> I'll tell you. But it's kind of the same thing. It's it's the like there is a respect of the right. land and the entities that live on the land, mm-hmm. including rocks and mm-hmm. trees and places where otherworldly creatures might live. Right. And it's interesting because one of the things that they, you know, the 5,000-year-old five, 5, passage tombs in Ireland are dedicated to her. And it's like the entrance chamber, and they talk about its long, you know, vag- vagina-like mm-hmm. um, halls opening to a central alcove, and then smaller alcoves to the left, the right, and the back is where the cremated ashes of the ancestors are. And Newgrange is one of the yeah. most well-known ones yeah. with the light going back to the, you know, at the winter solstice going, penetrating all the way back to the back. Right. And that whole process. So those were very much part of it. And the standing stones, as I said, the one that I went to Mm -hmm. was Kalanish. And Kalanish is, there's, that is a name, but it is like Kalanish with a lot of numbers. They sort of added like one and two and whatever all over. But number three is the one that has been, um, preserved and and kept clean and is like a place that is a national, national site. site. Yeah. And when I went with my husband, we went in, and technically you're not supposed to go into it. They have a path around it. But we were there at, like, dawn, and I don't remember why we went. It was some kind of major astrological alignment with all of these big patterns. And when there were certain groups of people like 1212 and 1111 and all the different things. Yeah. He was kind of into that, and so I wanted to go to my ancestors' area, and so I kind of put that with this so I could get what I wanted. Sure. And so we went there, and he was we were, we were going to go there. So we walked in, and we walked the corridor of the lines of tall. I mean, they're huge. I mean, they're as large as Stonehenge, but yeah. Stonehenge has a different feel yeah. because of what it was set up for. But these are just, there's no um, crossbars, but these just gigantic ones. And then there is the center of the, the whole thing with the, with what would be the altar. Yeah. So <laughs> we walk in, nobody's around. We go ahead, we walk all the way onto the, the process, walk down the procession, I'll go right to the uh-huh. center altar. He puts his back down and he sits down on the, on the, at the area and he's doing his meditation at the altar area. And then I'm walking all of the perimeter of the stones on yeah. the, the outer circle and then the inner circle. Yeah. And then we, we, st- we sat there for a few minutes and then we left. Nobody was around. Right. And there were places that were 
I mean, because it had other cottages around, yeah. but nobody bothered us. Right. But it was the most empowering thing. And then afterwards, you know, I went, because I researched some of it, but then I, I wanted to go with the feel. Yeah. You know, and I was like, whoa, you know, and I, to this day, it is, it is the most impressive thing I have experienced, mm-hmm. including when you go to Rome and the Colosseum yeah. and all the other yeah. things there. Yeah. It was so part of the land. Yeah, it's still wild. Yes. Yeah. 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 I found the book, by the way. Okay. Called Meeting the Other Crowd. Oh, good. The Fairy Stories of Hidden Ireland. It's really, it's really good. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we probably should take a break. We should. Yes, because we we're a little behind. <laughs> we'll be back. Okay.
um, in reclaiming, we use the phrase, the spirits of the land, mm-hmm. and that is fae to me. I, I feel like the fae encompasses a much wider swath of, uh, right. you know, like kingdom, phylum, class, order, right. genus, species, all that crap. Right. I feel like the fae is a kingdom, you know? Yeah. And some of these entities fall into that, and mm-hmm. it, and she really feels like she falls into that mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. you know? And, and by that definition, the titans are fae. Right. You know, they are of the land in a way that is right. different than us. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious where this leads my life. <laughs> I feel a, a new relationship developing. Yes, she is, she's definitely, she is very, um, it's like anything that is old and ancient and you are drawn to it, but it's scary as shit. Right. And it's funny that you talk about a very, very long-time dear friend of 40-plus years um, gave me my birthday gift. And she says, I'm sure you have a lot of these. And it was a a medallion. Mm -hmm. I'm wearing it, actually. And I said, no, because I saw her picture, and, I, you know, it's on a a metal medallion. And I said, no, 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 I don't, you know, this is a very unique one. And I didn't have my glasses at the time, so the little packet that had its little paper in it. And I got home, and I looked, and I'm laughing. It was Bridget. Oh, nice. And I was really kind of taken by the Bridget side because I work a lot with that, I don't want to say the hag, but the yeah. but that energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so Kaliak is something of a known energy. Yeah. And Bridget is not an unknown, but not one that I have followed as intensely. Sure. Yeah. So when I started reading this, I was kind of humored by the one side of the coin, the other side of the coin concept. So, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I like that because, and it makes sense to me too. Mhm, mhm. You know, and and they have, um, I think one of the things I saw is like November first, which we know is All Souls Day, obviously yeah. in the more uh, Christian traditions, is that it's the night of that that they do this massive dance and they hold the, you know, they hold energy, the energy of the spiral and working with it, and it's like midnight and they fall silent, so they're doing all this dancing and everything, and then they fall silent. Yeah to do that and it's part of a of a month long process. It doesn't just start and end on November first. That is part of her her reverie and her festivals. And ready for the winter. Yes. Yeah. There's all kinds of stories as well of um her protecting the wild animals and mm-hmm. do, using specifically witchcraft. Mm-hmm. The great Kaliach of Kilbrich. Mm-hmm. used witchcraft to keep the hunters away from her deer. Right. Right, and then, you know, some poor hunter mistakenly kills one of her animals, and then there's all kinds of calamity and <laughs> fighting and terrible things. Terrible things so there's go Wild on. boar, deer. Uh, she's, there's, like, any animal you can think of she's somehow connected to. Like, the list of her animal friends and connections is very long. Right. Um, Sir Walter Scott called her the mother witch of Scottish peasantry, which I love. (laughs) I love it because that's some of my ancestors right there. Right. Scottish peasants. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a, it's, it's things that I was finding like the elder, elder tree is one of her, one of the, the trees that are, are, are sacred to her. Yeah. And of course, they make witches brooms out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's your your connection again with witches. And um, I found that there was this in in Ireland. 
and I have to now look for my notes because I've been flipping them over all over the place going, okay, this one, this one, this one. Um, there's an ancient, the ancient triad of ages, the three great ages, mm-hmm. the age of yew tree, the age of the eagle, and then the age of the hag of bear, B-E-A-R-E. So it's, she is that hag. Yeah. She is that age. Yeah. So it seems that that is part of what is happening. So anything nice. else we want to kind of wander through with? Um, I'm going through more of my notes, but then it gets into, like, comparing her to this guy and comparing her to this one and comparing her to this lady. And I'm like, I'm not into that. No, I'm no. The, oh, she is the new moon. You do you work with her at the new moon. Yeah. Okay, the dark moon. I feel like she would be a really good, like, this time of the year when it's cold, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit before, a little bit after the winter solstice would be a real good time mm-hmm. to... Um, dig into that energetic. Right. There's actually a book that's recommended called The Divine Hag of the Pagan Kelp. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds good. I've never read it, but it's listed here as a you know one of the good books to use to study the Kaliak, so mm-hmm. I think I will probably check that book out. So, there you go. There but, you go. yeah, you know, like we've talked about before when we've done shows on goddesses, the best way to start is by learning. So mm-hmm. get books, read, research, read what you can find online. Right. And with this type of goddess, go to the sources. So go and meet people who are still doing traditional Scottish or Irish witchcraft or paganism. Mm-hmm. Laura O'Brien is a woman in Ireland mm-hmm. who does traditional Irish paganism. She is a good resource. She teaches classes. In fact, last week... She posted that she is going to start a new series on the Kaliach, and I was Ooh. like, that's interesting timing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, do that, but then also start your own reaching out and uh-huh. create an altar and look at what offerings might be good for this goddess in your research and uh-huh. leave those and, and you know, woo them like you would a wild cat. Yes, and it's interesting you mentioned cat because one of the things that it talks about <clears throat> is that, it's a myth of a black cat. If it appears as a cat comes to you, it is going to test your morality. No. So it's kind of like it's in especially a stormy night. So if it's like a stormy night, you get a black cat coming. It's the Kaliak testing your morality. What will you do? Will you help this poor animal or will you leave it aside? Hmm. Interesting. Yes. So, all right then. I like that. <clears throat> yeah. So it's it's a lot of things here are, as we said, we didn't have a lot of ancient myths we could talk right. about, right? Because this is a this is more. I think she is of the peasants, right? And right. And, and, and the land and the land yeah. and the peasants are the land. I mean, they were the totally. ones that touched and worked the land. They didn't sit in the castle, right? And have other people do things for them, right? You know, and that's part of the the Irish traditions and the myths is about marrying the land, right? Being responsible for it, being able to know when it's time to honor the the changing of the season and be prepared. Yeah, yeah. And winter looks different depending on where you live. So, uh, thinking of this as the Hag of Winter, what does winter look like where you live? Is it gonna snow? Is it gonna be eighty? And balmy and nice and sunny. She's in a bikini and she's okay. Right. You know, like your Kaliaka might look different than the one in Scotland. Yeah. So be open to that possibility, too. Right. Yeah. 
California, definitely we may have our cold weather, but not at all like, you know, places that are in the east, the northeast, and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you are, our first show of... 2019. 2019. We start with a Kaliak. Kaliak. So, and I think the next show is probably on Books of Shadows. Yes, I think we've got that set up. Yep. That would be the following. That'll you know, be on the 11th. The 11th. And potentially we'll have an Ask a Witch coming up soon. Yes. So if you've got burning questions, if you want us to answer some questions for you, if you want us to do a quick reading on a topic, just remember it'll be several weeks before we get to it. So if it's of an emergency, you might want to try scheduling it with a reader. Right. Uh, if there is a topic you would like to uh, hear us banter about. We do good bantering. Yeah. <laughs> Send in those questions, comments, and thoughts, and go just go to the website, witchpriestesscauldron.com, and there is a place to leave your question. Yes. And we won't say your full name on the air or give out your email because we're not dumb. We respect privacy. Yeah. So, anywho, anyway, that's about it. We're at our time. We say adieu and see you soon. Good night. Good night. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be. Ebenezer Scrooge, awake! I am the ghost of the Mercedes-Benz winter event. Your time is running out. Come, I must show you the sleek CLA. Nice, said Scrooge. But I am kind of a Scrooge. No worries. The CLA offers true Mercedes performance at a surprising price. Or check out the GLC, an SUV with the full complement of technology and performance. Give your year the happy ending it deserves at the Mercedes-Benz winter event. Now at your Mercedes-Benz dealer. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing. Ebenezer Scrooge, awake! I am the ghost of the Mercedes-Benz winter event. Your time is running out. Come, I must show you the sleek CLA. Nice, said Scrooge. But I am kind of a Scrooge. No worries. The CLA offers true Mercedes performance at a surprising price. Or check out the GLC, an SUV with the full complement of technology and performance. Give your year the happy ending it deserves at the Mercedes-Benz winter event. Now at your Mercedes-Benz dealer. 
Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing.